Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 998 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, August the 5th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. And you can find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure to check out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got team-focused shows covering every single team in the Big Four sports, as well as your favorite college programs as well. It's uh, very much appreciated when you go and support, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend, all the good stuff that we ask you to do to show your support to these very, very free podcasts we give out to you. It's not much to do in return, and we very much appreciate it. Okay, on today's show, uh, it's mostly going to be just me, although in segment two, we are going to be joined by Nick Angstat from Locked On Mavs to kind of sort through this ongoing Dragic, Mavs, Dwight, Dwight Powell, like saga, the trade that just does not seem to want to be completed. Uh, and we dig into whether or not there's a chance that we could see these uh, these teams come together on a deal. Nick's awesome. We had a good time. That's going to be in the second segment of the show. Before we get to that, though, I just wanted to run through. We got some news this morning that the uh, Raptors Summer League lineup and roster has been put together. It's a pretty interesting roster. I'm looking forward to Summer League for the first time in a long time. The Raptors have been kind of lean on prospects the last couple of years. And of course, there was no Summer League last year. But this year's squad looks pretty interesting. And so we'll just kind of dig into that, run through some of the more important notes, things we're keeping an eye on. Uh, and there was another signing as well. The player who the Raptors signed today, Ishmael Wainwright from over in Europe, a former Baylor player. He's a 26-year-old, you know, forward wing type. Uh, he's on the team. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, in the final part of the show, got a couple mailbag questions to get to as well. And again, we got Nick coming up in the second segment. But first, yeah, let's get to the Summer League roster. And honestly, this Summer League roster is looking pretty freaking tight for your Toronto Raptors. Things get going this weekend in Summer League. I think Sunday is the opening day of games. And... The roster is as follows. You've got Jalen Adams, who I think has kind of been around the G League the last few years. Delano Banton, the Toronto man himself. Scotty Barnes, Justin Champagne, the two-way guy the Raptors just signed. Zacchaeus Darko Kelly, who I have no concept of who that is, but he's got a cool name. Malachi Flynn, Freddie Gillespie, Ashton Haggins out of Kentucky, uh, 6'3 guard, he's 22 years old. Uh, Rayshon Hammonds out of Georgia, 23-year-old, 6'9 forward. Vision 6'9, baby. Rayshon Hammonds has a spot on this team almost assuredly. David Johnson, the second-round pick out of Louisville. Anas Mahmoud, who I do not know, but is a Louisville guy as well. Seven-footer out of Louisville, 26 years old. Isaiah Mike, who is a Canadian, was playing over in Europe this past year, uh, formerly of SMU. Matt Morgan, who is a longtime Raptors 905 hand, dear friend of Kelsey O'Brien, friend of this podcast. Matt Morgan's a cool dude, great shooter. Ishmael Wainwright, as mentioned. And then Yuta Watanabe is playing, which is kind of impressive considering... Utah 
just finished up playing in the Olympics for Japan. And I guess, you know, his commitment to getting better is very much there. Obviously, I think if he wanted the time off, he certainly could have gotten it. These Olympics are certainly a good developmental playground. And, you know, Utah, I'm sure, learned lots over there. But he wanted to come over and play in Summer League. So that's cool for Utah as well. Uh, the head coach of the team is Patrick Matumbo, who is, of course, the Raptors 905 coach. And I'm sure a lot of these guys will end up with the 905. We know Champagne is going to be a two-way guy. He'll be down there quite a bit. I would guess Banton and David Johnson will be down there a lot as well, regardless of which type of contracts they sign. I would guess probably like a two-way. Um, but either way, those, uh, or at least one of them will get the other two-way. The other one might get a full NBA deal. Who knows exactly what's going to happen there. But either way, this is a fun roster. And I think you're going to get to kind of see, for the first time in a long time, a sort of glimpse at, the, glimpse at the future and some things that we could actually see in terms of collections of players and groupings of players. We could actually see it in the NBA this coming year. In particular, the second unit figures to feature prominently Malachi Flynn. I would guess Scotty Barnes is going to come off the bench to begin the season as well. And Yuta Watanabe found himself very much carving out a regular role in the rotation by season's end. And I would guess he's going to enter the season as like the 10th or 11th man and probably get some regular run too on a team that figures to run about 12 deep. So that's exciting. We're going to get to see, you know, Scotty Barnes, Malachi Flynn pick and roll, which is cool. We're going to get to see, you know, Malachi Flynn and Freddie Gillespie work together a little bit. You know, Gillespie, the thing I'm really looking forward to with him is can he kind of improve as a target, as a role man? He doesn't really figure as a pick and pop big at any point. And if he's going to really carve out a role on offense other than just grabbing offensive boards, Using that sort of really large frame that he has with the good catch radius, if he can become a pretty good roll guy and, you know, a good target, which he does not, or he was not super effective in terms of presenting himself as a target during the regular season when he did play, I think some extra run for him and Flynn to kind of get acquainted, even if Gillespie figures to be like the third string big man on the team. There's certainly nothing wrong with getting a, a little bit more time on the court together between Flynn and Gillespie. We'll see between Flynn and Barnes, kind of the two more high-profile guys, and Watanabe as well, how much they actually play. Sometimes they play one or two games, and then we'll duck out. But hopefully we get a good long run here. Um, the reports of Malachi Flynn have been pretty promising this summer. It sounds like uh, you know he's been doing some good stuff at the Jamal Crawford crossover event, which is always a fun time. It's where hoopers go to, to play, man. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this is a fun group. The guy that we should mention and sort of dig into a little bit more on is Ishmael Wainwright as well. Uh, again, a six foot five forward wing out of Baylor, uh, graduated about four years ago, has been playing over in Europe, most recently for Strasbourg in Austria. That's where Austria, that's where Strasbourg is. I'm pretty sure that is. Um, and he comes over as another European addition. Of course, the Raptors signed Sam Decker earlier this week to a two-year deal, uh, and it's a two-year deal for Wainwright as well. As Blake Murphy, the noted man who knows things, uh, pointed out on Twitter, uh, it's not necessarily guaranteed that Wainwright or Decker will actually make the team. It's kind of a guarantee to get them in the door as opposed to them signing with some other team. If you give them that two-year, you get that little guaranteed money that sort of puts you top of the list for these guys. And so Wainwright and Decker will both come into camp. I would guess probably only one of them will make the team when it's all said and done. The lineup, the roster is looking rather full already, and there's still a lot to be done in terms of dominoes, and we don't know what's going to happen with the Mavericks. And if the Maverick trade comes through, the Mavericks trade comes through, and multiple players are coming back to the Raptors in exchange for Goran Dragic, that's going to complicate the roster picture even further. You know, as I've kind of laid it out, and I talked about the potential depth chart yesterday on the show, there's already kind of 16 guys that you can pencil in as being there for the team. And that's if you were assuming Goran Dragic is going to be on the team. 
you know, you've got Flynn, uh, Fred, Banton, Trent, Drogic, Johnson, OG, Barnes, Decker, Siakam, Boucher, Utah, Birch, Achua, Gillespie. Birch hasn't signed just yet, but we'll see. You know, there's some reporting out of some local people in Montreal that it's already done. I would assume the fact that Birch hasn't signed yet anywhere else means that something will get done probably with the MLE once that becomes available to the Raptors, once they're over the cap. And then you got the two-way guy in Champagne. So if you're going to have a 17-man roster factoring the two-way guys, like that's 16 guys that is named off. You throw in Wainwright, potentially throw in a Dwight Powell plus a Josh Green plus a Tyrell Terry or a Trey Burke, and you're looking already like you have more than the 17 spots you're going to have available. So there's going to be some competition, and that's good. There's never a bad thing with competition, for sure. It's just, uh, you know, a pretty interesting little hodgepodge of players. And, and I think Summer League might help sort of see some cream rise and maybe give some guys an edge going into training camp. Uh, but Wainwright and Decker, both particularly interesting as guys who you kind of bring over. Can they assume roles in the NBA? You know, they're not going to be on ball guys or anything like that, but can they be decent shooters? Wainwright, kind of up and down shooting career. In Europe, you know, sometimes he'll shoot 40%, sometimes he'll shoot 32%, and it's kind of in between. Seems mostly just kind of average, if a little bit inconsistent. Decker obviously had a really good shooting season. That's kind of what you're looking for with these guys, to just come in and maybe be bench hands and, um, you know, spot up around dudes who need dudes to spot up around them. So... That's kind of the read on the Raptors Summer League roster. We'll certainly cover Summer League uh, as best we can. You know, the games are late and weird, and sometimes I won't catch them, but uh, we'll do our best to keep you posted on what's going on in Summer League, which gets going on Sunday. With that out of the way, we will then get into the conversation with myself and uh, Nick Angstad from Locked On Mavericks. That's coming up in just one second. But first, before we do that, I want to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com who are fantastic we love rockauto.com because they're saving us money when we go to the mechanic the mechanic is always trying to charge you full freight for whatever part it is that you might need and rockauto.com is saying no you don't have to do that you don't have to be suffer the whims of the mechanic who's trying to f- charge you full freight you can instead go to rockauto.com navigate their extremely easy to use website and find parts that are available for your car for less and there's also more options there's more brands and specifications you can choose from as opposed to just being stuck with what the mechanic says needs to go in your car. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, let's get to it. Myself, Nick Angstat from Locked On Mavericks, talking a little bit about our dude, Goran Dragic, and whether or not he will be the Mavericks dude by the end of the week or two months from now, who the hell knows? Uh, talk about the little stalemate that's going on, the game of chicken being played between Nico Harrison and the Mavs front office. I guess Mark Cuban's thrown in there as well, and Masai Ujiri of the Raptors. Enjoy! Now on the show, friend of the show, friend of the network, Sean Woodley, host of Locked On Raptors, as well as the unsung hero of the MLB and NHL channel, the the, <laughs> the ruler, I guess, the, the runner. Grand, Grand Poobah is what I have on business, <laughs> on business cards. So. Uh, Sean Woodley, Locked On Raptors. If you're listening to this on Locked On Raptors, I'm Nick Engstead, Locked On Mavericks host. Uh, and we're going to talk about Kyle Lowry. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to talk about Goran Dragic <laughs> because uh, our two teams are now in this weird stalemate of will they, won't they, Ross, Rachel, is it going to work out for these two teams? Will, will Dragic finally get what he wants? Will the Mavericks finally get what they want in him going to Dallas? So we will get into that. But first, I want to ask you, because 
for yeah. weeks and weeks, Isaac and I, our number one target after Kawhi, because Kawhi wasn't really that realistic, but after Kawhi was Kyle Lowry. And we were really into mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry. We went at, at, a cer- at certain times we would say, okay, if the Mavericks got Kyle Lowry, they would be a title contender. We just, mm-hmm. like, it would be, it'd be that good of a get for the Mavericks. Our YouTube comments were so full, and I'm sure Lockdown Raptors listeners would be confused to hear this. So full <laughs> of people saying, don't get Lowry. He's old and fat. Why would you want him? He's not worth that contract. He's not the player that you want. Talk some sense into some of these YouTube commenters, which is an impossibility, but just do it. For yeah. Me. I mean, why would you want uh, one of the five smartest players of the last 20 years in the NBA, who is one of the best floor managers in the NBA, who is an NBA champion, who is like, if you go back and look at the last 10 years and every advanced statistic that's sort of a catch all win metrics, he's like top five with LeBron and Kawhi and Kevin Durant and Giannis most of the time. Why would you want that guy, right? Like, what, what, why would you want that to be the guy to put you over the top and give you more than one ball handler on the roster? Yeah, like <laughs> that would be a wonderful addition. You should have been disappointed when Kyle Lowry ended up going to the Heat. I was like kind of rooting for the Mavericks thing because I thought that was going to be Kyle's best chance to go win a title as well. Um, you know, I think him and Luka Doncic, just just so much basketball genius IQ on the floor at the same time. And you can say Kyle Lowry's fat or whatever. The dude is 35. He has not really had a significant drop off in his play or his ability in the last, you know, ever since he turned 30. He got skinny, quote unquote, I guess, in 2015, 16. He's kind of, I guess, packed it on since then. I don't know. He's in in really good shape. I don't know what to say. Like, he's in awesome shape. And part of the allure of Kyle Lowry, he's got got that thick trunk that no one can move because he's just the center of gravity is all tied up in in the behind. Like, he's... He would have been a wonderful fit. I, I I don't know how you could have viewed anything viewed it as anything other than that. Like that that's exactly the type of player the Mavs would have needed. Not understanding if that someone is thick doesn't mean that they're fat is a is a really weird thing for a Mavericks fan <laughs> to not understand <laughs> on a certain level. Uh, all yeah, right, let's yeah. get into the Goran Dragic stuff because this is sort sure. of interesting. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, something will have happened. We're recording this around noon Central Time on Thursday, August fifth. So. Something may have happened by now, but the Mavericks and the Raptors seem to be in this stalemate. The Mavericks apparently don't want to be part of this three-team trade because we haven't heard the full details on the Raptors' trade to Miami for mm-hmm. Lowry. And then what we've been what we've been told is Dragic and Precious Achua, right? We still haven't been yeah. told all those details. Yeah, that one, it's weird to sort of figure out because it does really depend on what Kyle's contract actually is. You know, I think the sort of, Woj didn't do anybody any favors when he was like, he's making approximately 90 million over three years. <laughs> that approximately matters because if I think if it's 87.5 million over three years, then they can just send back Precious Achua and Goran Dragic and make the money work. If it's actually 90 million, they'll have to send someone like KZ Akpala as well. I don't know if they'd reroute one of those guys to Dallas just because the roster's so full. Maybe that's something they're working on. I'm not sure. And there's some draft compet- compensation. But either way, like Precious Achua is going to be a Raptor. Dragic might be a Raptor. He might be a Maverick. I, I guess it totally depends on whether the Mavericks want him. It sounds like they do, but it also sounds like they don't want to pay anything for him. I know Tim McMahon, Tim McMahon also said on the low post that they don't want to spend $19 million on Dragic. That's what he makes. I don't know if you want him. That's what you're paying him because guess what? The Raptors are not buying him out. That is not going to be what happens here. So I guess my question to you is, like, do the, mag- the magic, the Mavs actually want Goran Dragic? 
Uh, if if they don't, that's very dumb. They they should 100. <laughs> percent You know, from everything like we believe that they do, and mm-hmm. they kind of need to at this point because they're running out of options. Mark Stein reported yesterday they're not in the mix for Dennis Schroeder, and so mm-hmm. if you don't get Dennis Schroeder, if you don't get if you don't want Goran Dragic, then who are you going to get for this secondary creator they've been trying to get all offseason? They've been linked yeah. to like every single one of them. They were linked to Kyle Lowry, they were linked to Mike Conley, they were linked to Dragic, obviously. They like linked to all these different guys because they wanted to bring in another guy that can get his own shot, that can run the offense when Luca is not on the floor. That was what they desperately needed last year. If they had even one more guy last year that was good at that, or at least semi-competent mm-hmm. in that, they may have beat the Clippers in the first round with Kawhi going nuclear, which you're very well aware of. Yeah. Um, like, if they just had one more guy. So I think they, they have to. And this offseason has been... Not that great for him so far. The only real sure. additions were, were Reggie Bullock and Sterling Brown. And I don't think going into an offseason with like $34 million, that's the best thing that you could come away with. I don't think that that was the best use of resources so far. So they have sure. to get at least one more thing. And then now it seems like Dragic is the last thing. It's the the thing that they've been waiting on. And now, like you said, we're in this posturing of, okay, the Mavericks say, well, we don't want to pay him $19 million. That to me seems like, well, you know, we're just going to wait for you to buy him out. So lower the sure. asking price for the trade, right? Uh, yeah. And so my then my question back to you is if the trade is then the the deal that's been talked about the most, the, the one the, the one that makes it easiest for the Mavericks is Dwight Powell and Willie Colley Stein. That makes the sure. money work. That makes, you know, it kind of makes sense for the Mavs roster and all that kind of stuff. Uh was that the trade? Was that notification that trade? No, sadly <laughs> not. It was my creative cloud saying, "We need updating." Uh <laughs> Dang it! Dang it! Uh, yeah. But w- what do you think about that? About that package? What do the Raptors look at that package and say? Is Dwight Powell an asset? Is he not an asset? It just seems like uh, right now they would need to add something to it. But what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I don't think they'd be super enthused about getting two centers back. Like it seems like Ken Birch is probably going to be re-signed by the team. There was a report out of a re- reporter in Montreal yesterday that he's already re-signed. That doesn't come from any of the big voices, but this guy is kind of plugged in with the Montreal basketball scene, which is basically Ken Birch and Chris Boucher. Uh, and so I, I kind of you know believe that something's going to get done there. I think Birch would have been signed somewhere if there wasn't the kind of understanding that he's going to get a good chunk of the MLE whenever the dust settles and the Raptors are over the cap and they have that asset to work with. So that's Birch. And then Precious Achua figures as a center as well. They're pretty loaded on the wings. You know, the three and four spots, they've got Scotty Barnes, OG, Pascal Siakam, Yuta Watanabe. Like if Achua's playing, it's going to be at the five. And so I don't think they'd be super thrilled about having two centers come back. Like Powell would be a nice piece. And if you have a center rotation of Powell, Ken Birch, and Precious Achua, you know, mixing in, I think that's pretty decent. And, and you kind of go forward with that. But to add in Willie Cauley-Stein as well doesn't make a ton of sense. So let me counter it to you. You know, the Raptors are in a pretty good negotiating spot here because they can just keep Goran Dragic. Like, they are a team that's not going to tank. They're too good to tank. And playing back at home next season, it seems like they'll be able to kind of get back without Kyle Lowry even to something resembling respectability, whether that's a low playoff seed, the play-in, whatever it is. That's what they're going to try for this season. They're not a tanking franchise. They just try to stay good, stay relevant, and wait for a chance to strike at a trade. And Goran Dragic can help them stay good and stay relevant. And honestly, he kind of addresses the biggest Raptors need, which is they need people to create in the half court, much like Dallas with, with that extra supplementary creation. That's something the Raptors could really use. And if you have Goran Dragic as you know mixed in with Fred Van Vliet and Malachi Flynn as your three point guards, your three lead ball handlers, I think that's a pretty good way to be pretty good and have your bench lineups be effective and able to score in the half court. 
and I think there's no reason for them to move on from Dragic if they can't get something reasonable in return that fits what they want. And so the deal I've been kind of kicking around in my head, and it's kind of a pain because there's like a very like small amount of cap difference between like if it was just Dwight Powell plus Josh Green, that would be great. But also that you need like another $40,000 or something like that to make it work. <laughs> it's very silly. So the deal I've been kicking around in my head is – Two first-round picks from last year, Tyrell Terry, Josh Green, with Dwight Powell coming back to the Raptors in exchange for Dragic. I know that sounds like a lot to give up first-round picks you know, that you just recently made, especially for a team that hasn't developed a lot of guys like the Mavericks have, but is that at all reasonable, do you think? Is that something the, the Mavs would eventually kind of concede to? Because I think that's kind of what it's going to take for the Raptors to feel compelled to move off Dragic because, again, they don't really have to move off from him. Yeah, that's the thing. He's also, even if you don't keep him, $19 million on an expiring deal for a player that's playable is a really good trade piece to add. Totally, to, yeah. You know, boost whatever, like, salary you need to match somebody. So that's, The that's Lakers could trade all of their minimum salary guys at the deadline for Goran Dragic. It'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think Josh Green and Tyrell Terry is, a, is probably too much, but, like, mm -hmm. the Mavericks are running out of options right now. Plus, this regime didn't draft those guys. Uh, it's right. a new regime with Nico Harris and Jason Kidd, and so we don't know what they think about those guys. Sure, um, it would be weird because Tyrell Terry's on their summer league team, and Josh Green is coming back from the Olympics and on the summer league team to trade them in the middle of that, mm -hmm. <laughs> especially both of them. <laughs> but uh, if that's what, if that's what it gets to, uh, man, the West is so weird this year that I think it might almost be worth it because yeah. To get Dragic would would take you a little bit would make you a little bit better and maybe you just need to be a little bit better in order to uh you know to to go to the finals or to win a title because who else in the West is super scary to you right now? There's the Lakers and Warriors. They have lots of flaws and issues. There's sure you know this uh, weird tier of like the the Suns and Jazz. Are they going to be right back there? What do we think about the Suns even because they their path to the finals last year was so odd. Yeah. Uh, and so I almost think they they have to make this move for the offseason for the their uh almost for Nico's job almost to make it look like he did <laughs> at least something of a good job in his first attempt at an offseason. So I think eventually if it got to it, I think they may do that. But uh yeah, there's a lot of posturing going back and forth. I think you and I could talk about this for a while, but um yeah, I think that's what it's probably gonna come down to is are they willing to give up um, uh, you know, are they willing to give up, you know, Josh Green, Tyrell Terry, maybe both of them. Yeah. Uh, instead of, you know, going the just the Dwight Powell and Willie route. And maybe there's a world in which the Raptors like reroute the second rounder they're getting from Miami reportedly, like, right? To kind of sweeten the pot the other way. Like that could happen too. I don't think they'd include a Chua just because I, I think that's like kind of a Raptors y sort of project type guy. Like I think they'd be happy to work with him. But if they rerouted a second, maybe an extra second to kind of balance the scales a little bit, I, that could be possible. I just, I just want this to be over. I want to enjoy the summer. Like this is just like really, we're hanging, we're holding up the entire offseason for Goran Dragic. Maybe they're going to be part of that big, like reported eight team super trade. Maybe that's what's happening here. But holding up um, player yeah. that doesn't make sense. Holding up the offseason for a player that doesn't make sense. The Dallas Mavericks free agency method since <laughs> two thousand and twelve or whatever. It was yeah, Danny I look Green forward to Luka Doncic going to uh, Dragic's house and like doing the reverse <laughs> of locking him in the house like DeAndre Jordan with the old Clippers or something. We've already like seen Dragic watching the Slovenian <laughs> national team in his own jersey, watching watching the team <laughs> like getting excited when they won that last game. Uh, yeah, so we've already seen that. He, and he, apparently, there's been an interview with him where he says he he wants to go to Dallas, and so the yeah. Mavs see that as leverage and 
I don't think that is as much leverage as they think it is. So yeah. there you go. Sean Woodley, we could talk about this a lot. I'm Nick Angstead, Locked On Mavericks. Go listen to Locked On Raptors if you want to hear more about this uh, budding young now Raptors team all of a sudden. Yeah, young and super weird and maybe going to throw the idea of positions completely in the trash. <laughs> we'll look out for center Scotty Barnes and point guard Pascal Siakam and apparently Goran Dragic like running the second unit maybe. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> That'd be kind of a fun team to watch, even though I want Dragic on the maps really bad. Yeah, they are going to be like super weird and probably fun and will win games like 11 to 9 because their <laughs> offense is probably going to stink, but their defense will be airtight. There you go. So that was Nick Angstat and myself digging into the Degoran Dragic game of chicken going on right now. Uh, Going to finish off and take a mailbag question to close out the show. But before we do that, just want to remind people about our friends over at BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all of the action at BetOnline. I went to a baseball game last night. It was fantastic. It got me juiced up for the stretch run. And maybe, just maybe, I'm going to head over and put some money in the Blue Jays to go win the whole damn thing even though they're many, many games out. They're pretty awesome, and their lineup kicks ass and George Springer rules, and uh, you can do the same. If you go to bet online on your map, laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info, don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs in the majors. Head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right. Going to finish this thing off and take a last mailbag question to close out the show. Uh, you know, I was hoping that maybe we get some breaking news about the trade during the podcast. We did not. This is being recorded at like one in the afternoon on Thursday. There's a very good chance that something will have happened and rendered things useless. So let's go with a more evergreen question, shall we? Uh, <laughs> this one comes in from Alex Camilleri. We'll do this one. Lots of really good questions came in, by the way. Uh, I might just turn these all into a mailbag podcast later on in the week or tomorrow. Um, or not tomorrow. I have Dave Ramil from Lockdown Heat coming on. By the way, we'll get to these in a mailbag very soon. But Alex is asking a good question here. What defensive ranking do you see the Raptors finishing with this season? I would put them within the top 10 at worst. I think that is a fair assessment. Look, Last year's defense was a nightmare. It was discombobulated. It was disjointed. They obviously didn't get very good rim protection from Aaron Baines, and having a defender like Baines who was just not mobile enough or sort of aware enough to be the backstop of the Raptors' hyper-aggressive defense really, really hurt them. I think getting back to the groove this season, having just more dudes on hand who can play Nick Nurse's style between Fred Van Vliet and Siakam and OG kind of as the main guys, but I think Kem Birch really showed that he could play that defense last season. You throw in Precious Achua, who played for the Heat in a really sort of complex defensive system and did quite well in the minutes that he did play. That's an interesting piece to throw into the mix. Of course, Scotty Barnes is six foot nine with arms for days and comes in figuring to really contribute on defense more than on offense to begin with. You know, his offense will have to be good enough to, you know, justify him being on the floor for long stretches of time, but Barnes does bring that. You know, you have a little bit of weakness, I guess, in the other guard spots. We're not quite sure what Gary Trent Jr. is going to be. I, I think he was kind of billed as being well, way better defender than he actually is coming in. I, I think there is some good team defense that's mineable there. Do I think he's ever going to be a shutdown number one defensive option? No, but that's okay because you have Fred Van Vliet, Siakam, and Ananobi. Uh, sorry, yeah, Siakam and Ananobi kind of around him as the guys who can kind of take on the tougher assignments. So that's probably okay. He doesn't kill you. 
Goran Dragic, if he's around, is a not awesome defender, but he's mean and rugged and will sort of be a, a, a net neutral to maybe slightly below average defender for you. And we know Malachi Flynn is excellent when it comes to jumping passing lanes and is learning from the school of Fred and Kyle in terms of how to defend at the point guard spot when you're just over six feet tall. And I have pretty high hopes for him and what he can do on the defensive end of the floor. You know, he's still got to do some work when it comes to his on-ball defense, I think. You know, he's really great at anticipating passing lanes and whatnot, and he's great at digging down. I think, you know, fighting through screens is something he's got to work with a little bit more. Um, But I think there's a lot of defensive potential there to mine. You know, you throw in other guys who might be in the mix. Like, if they can get Dwight Powell, that's a wonderful rim protector to have at the back end. If you have him and Birch kind of as your main two, which maybe isn't doable if if Powell comes in and maybe Birch is on the way out. But again, I think it seems like he's going to be back either way. You know, that's a good center rotation in terms of defense as well. I, I think top 10 is very much on the table. Offense, I would probably pencil in to be bottom 10 right away. Um, you know, they're going to win a lot of games 95-89 or lose a lot of games 95-89 um, in sort of a weird throwback to the mid-2000s. You know, there's obviously some room for offensive improvement if Ananobi can take that leap and Siakam can kind of get back to form, you know, and play sort of more consistently the way he did when he was at his best last season. And there's Fred, obviously, who needs to work on his rim pressure and stuff like that. I think this is going to be a team that relies a lot on jump shots and threes, and there'll be nights where they look amazing and nights where they don't look so hot. But on the defensive end, I think there will be a pretty pretty high floor there. So I would guess, you know, eighth, ninth on defense as kind of a low end, and they could potentially get back up into the top five if things go well. Again, though, the offense, I think, will be the inhibiting factor more than anything else for the team. But we'll get into that and sort of dig into the half-court woes and maybe some solutions to them as the offseason heads forward and we move into next year. But uh, hopefully that was a adequate response to that question. Uh, thank you to sending it in to Alex, and thanks to everyone else who sent in questions. I will turn these all into a mailbag show at some point very, very soon. Maybe I'll bank them for after Kyle Lowry week next week, and we can uh, really dig deep into a big, long mailbag show. Uh, anyway, that is going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks to Nick Angstad for stopping in. That was a ton of fun. And tomorrow, Dave Ramil of Locked on Heat is going to be on the show. We're going to talk all about Kyle Lowry and why the Heat should be very happy to be getting him. We'll dig into Precious Achua and Goran Dragic, what the Raptors could be getting in those guys, if in fact that is the return for the trade that has still not come down in its full detail. Hopefully by tomorrow we know. Either way, thank you as always for tuning in. We'll talk to you again Friday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye-bye! 